Greetings, saints of God. Welcome to Raw Faith. I'm Shelley McWilliams, your host. This podcast is called Raw Faith, and so I just want to be raw with you. I have really been having a hard week, and the Lord's putting his finger on some things, and I feel like it's not just me, but this is just part of walking out our relationship with the Lord. And so I wanted to share some verses and the things that's been challenging me this week, because I believe you're going to identify, and I want to just take an opportunity to focus us in on some scripture. First off, I want to start out and let me read Ephesians 3, verse 17 and 19. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. It says, May Christ through faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and found securely in love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all of the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love with its breadth, its length, and its height, and its depth, so that you may really come to know practically through experiencing it for yourselves, the love of Christ, which is far surpassing mere knowledge meaning without experience, that you may be filled through all of your being unto the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of his divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Okay, so let me just be real here. The Lord has been putting his finger on some things in this last week that I have been feeling a lot of stress over, a lot of... um even self-condemnation and feeling like, man, I've let you down, Lord, and, and feeling horrible about that and stressed, like, oh, you told me to do that. Man, I forgot to do that, Lord. And I'm not saying there aren't moments that we do that, but I think there's a difference between being rebellious and generally having a brain cramp and forgetting about something. But I was carrying a lot of stress over that, and I couldn't figure out why I felt so exhausted and so just discouraged. And I had a meeting with um, some friends of mine and intercessors, and the Lord really surfaced a challenge to me feeling like I disappointed God because I didn't do what I should have done. And it was this real striving thing that came out. And I realized, man, I am feeling a lot of stress about that. And I'm feeling horrible about myself, like I really let God down. It was an unbalanced feeling. And I think that a lot of us are like that as believers, where we know the Bible says God loves us, but for many of us, we haven't experienced the love of God. Or in my case, I've had a phenomenal experience with the love of God, and I've walked in the revelation of that. But obviously, there's still some things in my life where I'm not functioning from that secure place in his love, but I'm feeling like it's contingent on my behavior, which is totally not true. And in fact, really, if you peel it back, is a spirit of religion. Now, for those of you who have listened to me or known me for any length of time, you know that one of the callings on my life is to come against a spirit of religion. So imagine my angst when I realize, holy smokes, I still have religion in me. And this religion is causing me this stress and angst. And so I dug into some scriptures just because I needed the encouragement, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you because I think maybe you might need some encouragement too. The truth is that when we talk about God's love, God's love is not contingent on our behavior. 
It isn't about we're a good guy and a bad guy, and if we're not doing the right things, we're displeasing God and he's mad at us. But the reality is, is that is really our human experience in relationships many times. But that's not what God's love is all about. In John 17, 25 through 26, I want you to hear what the word says. It says, righteous father, this is Jesus talking, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know you that you have sent me. I made you known to them and will continue to make you known to them in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Many times we feel like God came because he needed to fix us and God came because he was upset with us. But the reality is, as 1 John three sixteen says, God sent his only son because he loved the world. God comes and he offers relationship with us out of love. And I think many times we begin to go in this Christian walk and because of how we view human love or because of maybe a religious background or maybe some wounding that made us feel like it's about our actions and performance of whether we're valued and accepted. That many believers, we function in a slave slash servant mentality and not really understanding and walking in the full revelation of a sonship and daughtership mentality in our relationship with the Lord. And there's a huge difference. If we take a look at John chapter 8, verses 33 through 36, so this is the Jews that are questioning Jesus and they say to Jesus, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. So how can you say that we shall be set free? And in verse 34, Jesus replies and says, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, then you are free indeed. And so we have to realize that as we come into the family of God, we can't carry that slave mentality, that doer mentality. We have to realize that we have been grafted into the family of God and we're grafted in out of love, not out of performance or behavior. That's that religious spirit of, I've got to earn my way into God's heart. So here's the truth. Does God ask us to participate in his kingdom and the advancement of his kingdom? Yes. Are we a legal part of God's family and do we have a spirit of adoption? Yes. Does God provide for us? Yes, he does. Do we have the right to live in God's house? Yes, we do. Does God teach us how to live this side of glory? Yes, he does. And do we possess the ability as his children that through Jesus we're able to walk in his authority and perform, quote, business on his behalf. Yes, those are all yeses. But do you know all of those descriptions are also things, if you study the first century slavery, especially in the Roman Greco period, all those were things that a slave was able to do. You know, we want to equate slavery to our understanding in America of what that is. But if you study what it originally is, a slave was taken care of. A slave was given good food, treated well. They were legally a member of the family. All those things I just described to you, those are all things that a slave 
in the biblical society would have permission to do. So what's the problem then? The problem is if that's where our relationship with Jesus stops, and that's where our revelation of God's love stops, and we really do not experience God's love for us, his unconditional love for us, then what happens is we will continue to maintain this relationship with the Lord. And we may or may not be aware that we're still operating from that slave slash servant mentality because we haven't truly experienced who we are in God and how God really feels about us. We still believe because I can do all these things, he must be pleased with us. But if I fail him, then I don't know, he may not be happy with me. The difference between the slave and the servant mentality and the sonship and daughtership mentality is God's love and how we live in a revelation and an awareness and an acceptance of God's love. If you were to study all the rights a slave had in the biblical period of time, a slave never once is the description mentioned that a slave was connected anyway to love. Yet we know in John 3.16 that God's heart toward us is love. God can't do anything but love. He is love. 1 John 4.8 tells us that whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. It doesn't say that God loves. It says that God is love. So there's only ever been one motivation in God's heart to connect and have relationship with us, and that's love. And it's not even that God is a loving God. Yes, he is a loving God. It's not that God will love people who obey him and he won't. He withhold from people who don't. It is that God is love and his love is unconditional toward us. And that love relationship with God is what will move us into functioning from a slave mentality and step into that sonship and daughtership mentality. Notice I didn't even say that child of God mentality because anybody that has the biological genes can create a child. But a child is not the same as a son and a daughter. And the Lord talks in his word about us not just being the children of God, but he doesn't leave it there. He goes in his word and he talks about sonship and he talks about being a son and a daughter of God. In 1 John 4, verses 15 through 19, I want to just highlight a couple things. In verse 15, it starts and says, If anybody acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God and God lives in them and they in God, and so we know and rely that the love of God that he has for us is shown through Jesus. God is love. Most of us know God loves us. Most of us know the word is true, and this is what we say. But there's a difference between knowing God loves you and experiencing God's love and the freedom of that love. Verse 16 goes on to say, whoever lives in the love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have the confidence on that day in judgment that in this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Again, that thought of, I'm not doing enough. I've disappointed you. Lord, you're angry with me. Lord, you're withholding from me. 
Lord, I've hurt you. It comes from a place of fear. So the scripture tells us that the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. It really is our ability to experience the unconditional love of God that unlocks our ability to truly receive God's love and understand what it means to be a son or a daughter of God and steps us from that slave-servant mentality into that sonship and daughtership. Even Paul in Philippians 3, he cried out that I may know him. There's a difference between us knowing about God and about God's love and us knowing him, knowing God. And if we know him, then we know that his love for us is unconditional. He is always on our side. He is always rooting for us. He is always seeing the best in us through Christ Jesus because he says that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So each of us really need to receive and behold God's love for us personally. This is not a head thing. This is not a knowledge thing. This is an experiential interaction with the love of God. There's a place greater than our knowledge of God and his love, and it's the place where the scripture talks about that we can abide in Christ's love. And if we abide in Christ's love, this is, I believe, what the scripture is talking about. It's the shelter of the Most High. Still looking at Ephesians 3, Paul said to us, each of us would know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge. As important as knowledge is, love surpasses knowledge. So doctrinally, we can know and have the knowledge that, yes, God loves us. And we can have spiritual disciplines to stay in God's word and know what God's word says. And all that is unbelievably important for our relationship to God to grow. But that's only framework. If we're missing the door that goes into that frame, then we're missing the whole thing. And that door is the love of God. It's the divine reality and understanding that God loves us. And the scripture says in Ephesians 3.19 that he wants us to be filled up in all the fullness of God. You see, God truly can't be known without us experiencing his love. And so as I was feeling so much stress and so much angst this week, God was putting his finger on something where I still had a slave mentality of, I've let you down and I'm so unfaithful. And yeah, I'm going to be, I'm human. But you know what? That doesn't affect God's love for me. It doesn't affect the fact that he sees my heart to want to be obedient. He sees that I know that I dropped the ball, but none of that affects God's love for me. None of that moves my place in the kingdom, but I was feeling it. I was feeling such strife in my heart and, and the Lord started putting his finger on this and I was began to realize that, wow, this is coming from a place of religion. This is coming from a place of, of that slave mentality of I've got to do the right thing. I got to be a good worker. I got to be perfect. And that's what's going to please my master. And I went through some journals that I felt like the Lord led me through and, and was just looking through some things this week, uh, just trying to let the Lord tend to my heart in this area and de-stress me and put me back in that place of peace. And I came across something that I wrote in one of my journals, and I don't know where it came from, so I don't know if this was straight revelation from the Lord. I don't know if I read it somewhere or heard it somewhere, but 
This one line blew me away, and this is so the key. And what I wrote was, God does not want us to live for him. He wants us to live from him. And this last week, I'll be honest with you, I shifted from living from him to getting caught in this mentality that I was living for him and I was found lacking. I wasn't doing as good as I should be doing. I was forgetting things and I wasn't being faithful. And, you know, sometimes I copped an attitude with them and I'm just being raw. This is all about raw faith. Okay. I'm walking it out just like you're walking it out. But when I read that statement, the Lord reminded me that he doesn't need us to do things for him. That's not why he created us. He created us for relationship. He can create an angel in a second of a thought and dispatch that angel to do whatever God needs it to do. He doesn't need us to do things. He created us in his image, and so he understands that we want to participate. But it's never a need. So God doesn't want us to live for him. He wants us to live from him, where he longs to put his love inside of us and that place of security, that place of belonging, that place of identity, that place of peace, that place of comfort, that place of strength. And from that place, things will flow out of and the motive will be right. I won't be trying to do things to please God or whatever. I'm going to do it from him. My motive is right. It's not to prove that I love God. I think sometimes we can get really caught in this religious mentality that I need to do all of these things to show God that I love him. Listen, we do those things because we love God. God knows our heart. God knows our heart better than we know our heart. So he knows whether we love him or not. So whether you've been caught in this slave mentality because you've never really experienced the fullness of God's love, or whether you're like me, where you got a revelation of that, but sometimes, man, you just slip back into that old slave mentality where you've got to do the right things and act the right way and be faithful in this way, and it's not okay for your humanity to take over. Then I just really want to encourage you to hold on to these scriptures and hold on to the truth of God's love. He says, I remember you are but dust. That has always been such an encouraging scripture to me. Because that's always sent me the message of, Shelly, I know you're going to make a mistake. I know you're human. I know that you're not perfect. I know that you're going to mess things up and you're going to forget things and you're even going to drop the ball. And sometimes you're just going to ignore things. But I know your heart, but I also know your humanity. And that scripture brings me such comfort. I pray that you're comforted with these scriptures that I've been sharing with you and challenge, especially as we go into the Christmas season and we celebrate Christ's birth. May we truly celebrate that Jesus came because God so loved the world. And that was when we didn't do a thing for him. He loved us. And it's in that love that we find our being and our peace and our real identity. So once again, let me read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. So this is what God wants us to live, okay? This is being doers of the word. This is where we ask Holy Spirit to bring this revelation to fullness in our life. So the word says that may Christ, through your faith, dwell and make a permanent home in your hearts 
that you would be rooted deep in the love and the founded security in his love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints what is the width, what is the length, what is the height, and what is the depth, and to know in a practical way the love of Christ that far surpasses mere knowledge, that you may be filled through all of your being unto all of the fullness of God, that the richest measure of his divine presence and love, and that you would become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself, who is love. And I just pray that we all step into a greater knowledge in greater areas of our life, that God's love is unfailing, that God's acceptance, that God's pleasure, that God's encouragement, all the things God sees in us, he sees because he created us. He sees because of Jesus. And as we get a greater revelation of God's love for us, then again, we don't function for God, but we function from God. And that affects how we see ourselves. It affects how we see others. It affects how we respond. So my prayer for you is that this Christmas, as you celebrate the birth of Christ, may we each receive a fresh gift of the love of God for us that is unconditional and is not biased to our behaviors or our routines or our standards, but that it is in a place of security and safety that we live in him. And then from that, we will live from him. Amen. So God bless you. May you have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas celebration, celebrating the birth of our Christ. And may truly the love of God fill your heart and your mind and every facet of your life, that you would be overwhelmed, not with the knowledge of God's love, but with the revelation and the experience of God's love in your life personally. Amen. Thank you for joining us. God bless.